0: Right, okay, right. Uh, so tonight's episode, we've got John Tintalan on the show. John does various ghost walks around Edinburgh, surrounding areas. Um, I've recently seen him at the SPI conference in Glasgow um, and thought it'd be quite good to get him on the show, uh, discuss some of his stories and get a bit better insight into kind of what he does and um, just a bit of insight into some of the stories really as well and could pick his brains about them as we go. Couldn't do that when he was on stage. So um, how are you doing tonight, John?
1: Brilliant, Yeah, it's great. Uh, weather in Edinburgh is surprisingly nice for the time of year, you know, considering how windy it was yesterday, but it's a lovely evening out there. Uh, so, General, all good.
0: that has been funny, the weather. I mean, it was right, right blustery, um, kind of Friday around Saturday and then a uh, wee bit yesterday. The day, it's quite mild,
1: isn't it? Yeah, it's, not, it's still warm. It's not like 17 degrees or something. Uh, just that kind of wild wind yesterday where everything was blown all over the place.
0: Yeah, so that's it it. There's, bit, there's bits of trees lying everywhere. <laughs> you know I mean
1: so <laughs> as I say that I kind of, it was
0: interesting getting you show. So I mean, could you uh, do a short intro about yourself and um and mainly about just like, your ghost tours and stuff like that, and I'll kind of pick your brains as we go, if that
1: sounds all right. Yes, yeah, certainly, sure. But uh, well what I did was um, I've been doing this for many years. Um when I, I started off you know, with my interest in sort of the paranormal was from a young age. My granddad was a great storyteller and he uh, told me a great ghost story, a nautical-themed ghost story called Bar, And, mm. you know, that kind of got me started from a young age. So when I set out to do my first book, which was called North Edinburgh Nightmares, and it was a collection of some of the stories i picked up over the years from other people's so lesser-known ghost stories from Edinburgh. Um, so that was the first book. The second book we did a year later, was first-hand accounts of people with stories from Edinburgh and different regions. So we did one from Portobello, a chapter which was you know covering stories I'd collected over the years. There was one from Queensferry, which has an abundance of good ghost stories. There was um, a chapter from Leith, which, I mean, Leith was independent to Edinburgh up till 1920. 18, 1920. Um, and that had many good stories. It was a port, so there was, you know, lots of stories attached to that. There was other chapters in the book as well. There was one, uh, or was it it going to be in the next book, about the haunted theatres and haunted cinemas of Edinburgh. We did a whole chapter on that. There was one about the haunted pubs. There was a chapter on the hospitals with ghost stories. So it's been an abundance of things there. Um, And then, you know, went on to do the ghost walks, went on to do, you know, some investigations with other groups and stuff. But general, you know, all-round spookiness.
0: Do you find, um, a quick question just so that I remember this one, do you find when you do the Ghost Walks, do people come forward with stories during the oh. Ghost Walks Do you as well?
1: Yeah, very much so. So we did, and we've done them for, for a number of years now. We do one down in, um, near Wardy Bay, down in Trinity, um, part of Edinburgh, which is quite a, a posh bit. We do one in um, Cramond, which is sort of along the coast. We did that one there. We've done one in the new towns. So that goes from the Dean Bridge in the sort of Newtown area, right down to Stock Bridge. And that's quite a lot of walking, a lot of stories. But the one we did for this year was Portobello, which is Edinburgh seaside. Well, that was, you know, some stories with that one. We had everything from, you know, somebody claiming to be, you know, someone gave her a dead arm. At one of the stories and a few people have came with the same story that don't know one another I don't think mm-hmm. and then there was a we had a kind of real life murder story on it you know there was a couple of them and there was one guy that was on the walk and he said I've not thought of that story since I started. he was a CID officer he yes. says I was in that case oh, I on about, and he was telling me all kinds of other details to the story uh, that was good. But in regards to spookiness, that was a weird one because there was some like two or three separate people on the walks, different ones all had a similar thing go wrong with them with a dead arm. Um, and one of the, you know, one of the people that was on the walk, she didn't realise that the story was going to be where it was. She went, that's the bottom of my garden. She says, for some reason, I've always told my kids never to go near that wall. and I've never thought why until we told the story. <laughs> so that was a good one. We liked that too, you know. Uh, a lot of pieces coming together on it.
0: It's funny how people pick up in these things as well. Yeah. I mean, that's it. And do you find that quite a lot as well? I mean, before we go to some of the stories and stuff, do you find it when people are... Um, on the ghost walk, walks, the pick up and energies or like something that's been there previous or whatever else, especially you, you know what it's like if there's been a murder somewhere, it always kind of almost leaves a stain in the area or, yeah. or whatever. Something like that. You know what I mean?
1: Very much so. Um one of the walks we do, um which one was it? It was the wordy bay one. And the last story on the walk is down a really old set of steps that called the Worthy Steps, and they were built for people to go to work in the harbour, so they wouldn't have to take the long way around. And I had a, a psychic medium up last year, we did a Halloween walk there. He was from Hampshire, from Aldershot, a guy called Dan Hill. And he'd been to Edinburgh once before, he'd been on an investigation in Lidge Street vaults and he was saying basically I can't see what the fuss is about, I can't even pick up on, pick up on wee bits but nothing really sinister, nothing kind of dark mm-hmm. and the minute he set foot in these wordy steps he said oh this is awful, he says somebody's been thrown down, somebody's been pushed it is such a bad vibe on these steps yeah. and we got to the top we're going to the first story and he said I'm telling you John, he says something's following us he says it's giving me the heebie-jeebies just thinking about and you know that that was interesting because he was genuinely quite freaked out, the guy, by it, yeah. uh, and yet he went to the vaults and says nothing. You know,
0: I mean, have you, have yourself, have you got a bit? Um, do you still get scared about any of the stories at any of the places, or are you quite immune to it now? We've just been involved in it that long.
1: No, not at all. Um, there was uh, there's there's one. See, there's there's some stories on that walk that are really dark. You know, there's like about family tragedies and there's, you know, there's one about a a case, a real life murder case, where the three witnesses that the police interviewed all came up with reports that hindered the case because they claimed to see the man when he was claimed to be dead. And these, one person saw him getting a paper. One person saw him feeding pigeons. One person saw him in the stair. And the whole—this is documented. The whole case had, was held up because of their accounts. When we tell that one, it sends a shiver down my spine because it's right next to where the guy lived, right. um, and it's in a, a dark sort of close. Um, there's there's other ones that are you a bit. Um, there's one one in a. It's like there's three churches in this road and one of them was deconsecrated in the 60s, and it's now a beautiful holiday let. And the chap that was working on it in 1980 said they found these coffins underneath the floor when they were fitting central heating. And I always think, A, are the coffins still there? Because they put the plinth back, and B, the current owners know they're, they're there. So I always get a bit unnerved on the walk, thinking is one of the owners going to be in the group? You know, it's so always check first.
0: Uh still there.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think so. But yeah, of course, there was all kinds of spooky stuff happened when they uncovered these coffins. There was like a, a painter fell in one of the coffins. There was a ladder knocked over. There was all kinds of stuff. And that dream was about 1979. But I wonder if they're still there because they just hushed it up. They just wanted off the job. But I mean, in
0: regards to like stories and stuff, I mean, going through, I mean, if you want to kind of relay some of the kind of stories you going through, the ones that kind of stick in your mind the most, you know what I mean? And then from there, i can you pick your brains on some of them if that's all right. I mean, there's like,
1: yeah, certainly, yeah. of course. There was a really interesting one recently and it was a woman that I spoke to. Because a lot of people come to me and just say, would you be able to help me with this? It's something I'm probably, you know, talking a lot of rubbish, but it's just a hunch. And this one, it's a cemetery up near where I live at Newington. And the, the woman walks her dog there in the mornings, and this occasion, she, there was like she looks after graves, she puts tents to them and puts flowers at them and stuff, especially the infant ones. And <clears throat> this day, she saw what she thought was her dog's reflection in this granite headstone, and um, then she saw the dog looking at her far across the way. She thought, "What on earth did I just see there?" She said, "There was nobody there early in the morning, and what looked like legs, like someone standing upright, walking behind her." So she said, you know, well, yeah, have a look at this story. So I went to the graveyard and I says, right, where am I standing about? She says, can you see me now? Can you see me now? And she went, oh, yeah, that's the spot. That's I can see you now, just like I saw this thing walk past. And I says, what makes you think it's the grave that you're looking at that's the connection? The grave where I was standing right next to, she I never even knew that was there. It was all covered up. She uncovered the undergrowth on mm. this grave and it was a relative. The name Aitchison was on the grave, that's and bad. it was like a relative who died in the Eyemouth fishing disaster of 1881. That was a real scary one. But she actually traced a picture of the man. He was buried there, and he was like a way down the line relative. So I says maybe that was someone trying to reach out to you.
0: That's totally mad, and that so that grave was was adjacent to that one, or was right behind it, was, it, or?
1: it was exactly the where she saw this thing walking. Oh. if you stood in the reflection of the grave that caught her eye yeah. that is the grave where the person would have been standing right next to it that caught nice. her attention and it was a bloody relative's grave that's,
0: that's absolutely mad how he could like what's the chances of that you know, I know. A, a relative you know what I mean? that's she,
1: she did loads of research into it because of the name Aitchison. She thought, I've got family members, Aitchison, mm-hmm. from the bar. And when she looked it up, she says that was an actual relative from the Mouth fishing disaster. She That's thought, mad. what David's on that, you know? That's mad. That is you
0: know. mad.
1: It was a good story, though, you know, I mean, she was quite, quite chuffed at it, you know, uh, but I wouldn't say she was even spooked, but she just got a fright at first when what she thought was the dog, <laughs> the dog was looking at her. So, you know. <laughs> so I thought that was a good one. There, there's loads of other good ones. I mean, uh, we're talking about the, the theatres, Edinburgh, you know, they've got some famous ghost stories, and also the cinemas, the old cinemas. Now, there was one on um, Boswell Parkway, and it was an old cinema called The Embassy. And it went on to be a supermarket. Now, the one the person came to me with a story, and it was one of the things that lots of people say, oh, yeah, I've experienced that as well. I've experienced that. But what she said is when she used to go in when it was a supermarket, there was a sound like somebody clicking their fingers when they went in and she turned around and looked very quickly and somebody was standing there that vanished. And lots of people say, oh yeah, I've seen that. I don't know how true that was, but this woman was adamant. So I went on some podcast or a show and I was talking about that one when somebody got in touch and they said, could it be the sound you're hearing this? Could it be a ticket machine? Like an old fashioned ticket machine when the man's turning to get the ticket. And it turns out that that was the spot where the usher would have stood with yep. the machine to give you the ticket. Um and they're thinking, could that well, it'd be not like fingers clicking, but the sound of a ticket machine? That was quite an interesting one.
0: It's, it's totally mad. I, I find it mad how um, it's almost like sometimes, I mean, the difference, you probably found this in all the stories you've got, but you've got stories, stories where it's, it's almost. In and interaction with in you, and there's there's stories where it's almost like an recording getting played. Yes, I mean it's, it's 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 nuts. I mean in regards to that, I mean what do you kind of find in, in that kind of theory, the whole kind of stone tape theory, and you get like a, is it an amalgamation of different things. You know what I mean? It's... Yeah,
1: I mean I, I think with that one because we did I did a wee bit, it led me to do a wee bit of digging afterwards. Um, I think the stone tape theory would be correct. Um, it is now like, I don't know if it's like a social work building or something, but the the bit where the ticket booth would have been is now an office. So it'd be interesting to see if anyone that uses the office or stays there has encountered the same sound. You know, it's still replaying over the years. So it was the cinema until the 60s when it got burnt down. It was demolished in 76. Then it became William Lowe's. And then it's now the social work building. Mm. So... It's exactly the same spot where the man would have stood selling you the tickets. That the Stone Tape theory, you know, could be present with that.
0: Yeah. You get. I mean, that's that's a thing. You get things like that with the whole Stone Tape theory. But then you get ones that's like interactive with people. Yeah. As well, which is a. I mean, it's it's a it's a total kind of mad thing. I mean, the whole kind of ghost. I mean, you, you must know this because you're you 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 can kind of live and be that. You know what yeah. I mean? Um. I was predominantly kind of like a UFO guy. I like the UFOs yeah. stuff But I'm like a whole generalisation, the whole paranormal. But if you could pick mm. a few kind of points, that's kind of what I can kind of was into more. But
1: I mean, there's the a, whole, sorry, sorry. Uh, there's a sh- shameless plug for you in my saying about the UFOs. Yeah. Um, there's my new book that just came out, The Haunted Realms of Surrey and Hampshire, which is mm. an interesting story itself because it's the other end of the country. There's a UFO story in that. I wonder if you've ever heard of it. And it was 1983, and it was a fisherman from Aldershot on the Bays and Stoke Canal. And he was, his name was Al- Alfred Bertu.
0: No, yeah, this one, no.
1: This is a belter, it really is. So um, <laughs> he was fishing on the Bays Stoke Canal in 1983, and he claims that there was a glowing ship and there was two small people came and took him in the ship, scanned him, asked him how old he was going to be in his next birthday and he says, you're no good for us and let him go. And he just went back to his fishing. So the next morning when the military police got sold shots, you know, MOD area, yeah. He was telling them about it and they said, why did you go in the ship with them? He says, I thought it was the Gurkhas. I thought it was the wee Nepalese guys. And he just went with them regardless. So, I mean, the man took this, lots of people investigated the story up to his passing. And when I was investigating the story, I said, we've got to find somebody with that name. Birth to so I had a friend that was a postman that <laughs> says you're bound to deliver a letter to someone with that name at shot, and we couldn't find a single soul, but I yeah. thought it was great, a great UFO story, oh, totally and fine. I wonder how many other people have heard it
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying, I mean, the whole kind of paranormal feels interesting, but I mean, that's kind of what I was starting to get into and stuff like that I mean, but a lot of the paranormal stuff links in with other stuff I know you get the whole kind of stone tape theory and you get people seeing ghosts in regards to, like, through different time stages and things. Yes. Um, but there's all, and amongst that, and you probably came across cases where you get just weird things that is, mm-hmm. like, thrown in, a, in, in amongst all that, which Disney King they set way as if it's a, a replaying of something. Yeah. It's like something where
1: either sinister or just something totally off the wall. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, there was um, a, a, a chap that I interviewed, now, the majority of people that you speak to, they're absolutely fine with using their names and stuff. But this had the strangest request. And he, he came out here a name. He says, Don't call me my and call me this. And, you I know, know i somebody else's name. <laughs> and this is what's all about. But it was a brilliant story. And he was a very nervous guy. And it happened. And it was to do with a cinema, an old cinema that's long gone. And it was the one of the last screenings of a film there. And um, I think it was Exorcist 2 he went to see. And he was, his pal went away on one on the bus and he was taking a shortcut down an alleyway at the back of the cinema. And he heard all this commotion. There was like shadows fighting. He could hear screams and stuff. And thought, oh no, I'm going to get mugged. And eventually when he went round the corner, there was nobody there. There was absolutely nothing. He thought, what on earth have I just seen? And, you know, he was telling people the next day about it. And, that, and he said, it really unnerved me. And when we did some digging, it turns out in the 60s, there was a... It was a race course, like the dogs, dog racing nearby. And somebody had left the dogs and got stabbed down the lane and they dragged themselves where they died, where they were found the next day. And it was the spot where he'd seen and heard this commotion. And it wasn't until I told him that, he went, I'm never going down that alley ever again (laughs) after that one. Freaked them out even more and that was 1981 it happened. So, yeah, I mean, it was one of those things, you know, there was a terrible incident happened in that lane in the 60s. What,
0: what part of the city, I mean, for you, is, has got the most kind of activity or the most kind of area that kind of keeps you out the most? I That's probably two different questions, you know what I mean? I will say maybe start with the most activity and part of the city. What would you, can you say it was?
1: Okay, well, um, I mean I now live up the town. I, I lived all over, but I lived down at the north of Edinburgh for many years. And you know, the famous places, you've got Greyfriars with the Mackenzie yeah. poltergeist. You've got the 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 um the vaults have got, you know, many stories of people you know with things happening there. Um but as a whole, I don't know. I mean, um I mean Leith has its fair share of stories. I mean, there was the story of um a man that he was a he was a wealthy man. What was his name again? And he's seen in his Highland attire on a certain part of the street in Leith. Lord Balmerino, his name was. He was a was he a Covenanter? And he was beheaded at the you know down in London for his yeah. his part. And right up to the end when they beheaded him, he gave the, the executionary snuff boxes Have this pal before he chopped his head off. He's been seen by lots of people over the years in this part where his house used to be. It's now a Catholic church. Um on, on Junction, not Junction Street, Coburg Street or something. There's a lot of activity from there. But the famous ones, the Covenanters, you know, the Greyfriars, Friars. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's there's lots of people claim of things happen to them there. Um there's one incident, I mean, I've, I've not got a huge amount of things that have ever happened to me, apart from one, mm. um, which was very disturbing. But this, it's like the old Covenanters prison. There's loads of people claim, whether, how true it is, I don't know, about being scratched, being, you know, things happening to them on ghost walks there. Yeah. I was on a ghost walk with a, a friend that used to work for City of the Dead tours. And we were, he'd finished the walk, we were just closing up the wee bothy for the night and we were standing near Mackenzie's tomb. And this guy in a white shirt came past us um, and said, he's still got his earring, you know. And we thought, what was that all about? What's he doing in here at midnight for one? And he wandered off. So I was telling a friend of mine, He's an author called Graham Milne. Graham's done a lot of books about Aberdeen and things, and he's now a a tour guide in Edinburgh. And when I told him that story, he went white as a ghost. He says, the same thing happened to me on one of my walks. A guy in a white shirt went past and went, he's still got his earring, you know. And he absolutely, you know, scared Graham after death, Mm -hmm. the fact that I'd seen it as well. So God knows what the story is with that one in Greyfriars Kirk.
0: Mm -hmm. That's mad, that is mad. It
1: really was odd. And he looked like someone on something, like he was under the influence of someone. And he was coming right towards us, to me and Grant. I thought, what was that all about? And Graham says, the same thing happened to me. And he does ghost walks in there all the time.
0: Seen the same guy. I mean, that's that's mad.
1: It was what he said. He's still got his earring. And they say that Mackenzie's Mm -hmm. body, that's still in there, you know, all this chaos started when somebody broke in the tomb. Mm -hmm. And they say he's got an earring. So that's speculation, has it? It's not Mackenzie's um, body, it's a relative's body with the earring. And yeah. you they've been there for hundreds of years or whatever, you know, in this mausoleum. Mm-hmm. There was another sinister story about some kid um, broken and nicked the head, you know, uh, back in 2002 or something. And the stories actually ended up in horrible histories. Mm-hmm. About this kid nicking the head, um. But yeah, they they say that there is a picture and it's still got the earring. So I wonder what the connection is with that one.
0: Oh, mad! That is like mad. When when you do the tours and stuff, like how often do you to, do the tours? Um, is it like periodically, or you just you kind of ad hoc and or what? Well,
1: yeah. I mean, we do the, the Port Portobello one's been a big huge hit. We were doing that twice out twice a month. We were doing two weekends every month from April. Right up till, you know, September we did that. But we're doing a Halloween one, Um, two Halloween ones that we just announced. And they are selling really quick. Um, but the, the Portobello's good because it's right by the seaside and it, whenever people visit Portobello they always think of the prom that the bulk of this is in the back streets it's in the alleyways, it's in the parks and it's got some incredible stories attached to it the other ones we kind of do periodically we do them around about Halloween we'll do them on special events if people book them, if they can get a group together we do them mm-hmm. Um, we do one in a graveyard as well but that was, it started off with the residents of the near the cemetery asked me to come and tell them some stories. Yeah. And people have said, can we book in groups? So we now do one. I don't know how often we're going to do it, but that's in Warriston Cemetery. And it's got um some great stories, you know, about the, the Red Lady, Mary Ann Robertson, and you know, other things. There was a show called The Omega Factor that was in 79 for BBC Scotland. You ever heard of that one? Yeah. The Omega Factor it was great. It was like a Scottish X-Files, it had um um, the 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 woman that was in, I can never remember her name. She was in um Doctor Who, uh, Louise Jameson. Oh, yeah. the guy that was in um London's Burning, uh, James Hazeldine. It's an amazing show. It was all filmed in Edinburgh and bits in Glasgow, and they were filming oh, oh, oh. the Omega Factor.
0: The Omega Factor. I can't remember it. I don't Mary Whitehouse
1: got it basically removed because she was so horrified with the subject matter. And uh, they were filming one episode, the ninth episode, in Morriston Cemetery, where you know, we do this walk. Yeah. And there's some real spooky stories about the camera crew, how they really didn't want to do a second series after that. So, um, you know, there's some great stories from then that we do. Oh, good,
0: good. I mean, it's like, um, it's funny how people still gravitate towards it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You've got a lot of people who they'll, um, they'll probably claim they're no believers or whatever else, but they're still gravitate towards hearing the stories and they want, yeah. you know, they've got like a severe interest in it.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's true. Uh, I mean, um, we, we do the, the Wardy Bay Walk. I think it was maybe the first one we ever did. And we were telling a famous story about um the St. Columbus Hospice, which is down there, and it used to be called Challenger Lodge. And the story is that when you know um, there was staff work there, there was many people who would claim to see a wee dog in the room, in the ward and say, can you get the dog to leave? I want to go to sleep now. And they'd come through and, and say, oh, he's away already. And um, it came to be known as the ghost dog of Ward 9. So when they demolished the hospice and rebuilt it, they found a box with bones of a dog buried beneath the ward. And it goes back to, before it was a, a hospice, it was a, a building called Challenger Lodge. And it went on to be a children's home. So this wee dog went on forever, you know, the sightings of him. And we, a lady that was on the walk showed me footage. She pointed me in the direction of a short film from the Library of Edinburgh, the the archives. And it was called The Chief's Day Out. And in this footage, silent film, it was from the 60s. It was a famous Edinburgh policeman called William Merrilees, OBE. Mm -hmm. Who um, used to visit a lot of the homes in Edinburgh, and he was a very good man. And he used to bring celebrities and movie stars to visit the kids and stuff. There's a famous story about Roy Rogers coming to one of the homes with Trigger the horse and meeting it, and he adopted a wee girl that went to live in America with him and his wife. But in this one, he brings a movie star from the movie Greyfriars Bobby. The, the, actor, the dog actor, and yeah. he lived out his days in the hospice. So could that wee dog be the ghost dog of Ward 9? The bones. The bones, you know what I mean? It's a great story. Yeah, it's, a, it's
0: mad go, like the whole kind of synchronicities kind of link into them as well, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, so um, the lady that was on like the ghost walk, Judith, she worked there for many years. She had a few sort of good UFO stories as well. But she said she knew that story about the, the ghost dog And she said there was one time she was in there and there was a a man in the room in the ward on his own and she went in and she said, in her words, I I disturbed a private moment. He had another man with him in the ward holding his hand and she oh, I'm terribly sorry, and shut the door. And she thought, what am I doing? She says, there's no visitors, it's past visiting time. she went back in the room and the man was dead, he passed. And she said it was the same man that was holding his hand in a suit it was, you know, it was almost like his spirit was passing yeah. and he was saying goodbye. Um, and she said it was an incredible moment. And it was him, she says, he was a headmaster. And that's what he looked like when he was at his everyday work with his dead smart suit on, you know. And she said it really haunted her forever, this image of the man saying goodbye to himself.
0: It's mad. It must It must get you thinking all these stories, you know what I mean, as well about afterlife and and... Kind of what happens when you die and all that kind of stuff. So it raises a lot of different questions and some answers. You know what I mean? When you see, obviously there's, there's kind of ghostly goings on and all that kind of stuff as well. You know what I mean? It's 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 an interesting kind of subject. Like you know what I mean? That's that's what kind of interests me at all as well. About like it's not just the kind of the ghostly activity. It's about why you seeing them. What's what's the whole kind of the purpose here? You know what I mean? Yeah. And then when you see things like that, obviously, you know, I mean, where are they going when they die and all this kind of mm. stuff? No, I mean that's, it's interesting. Like
1: well, said, said, So she said the a look a complete serenity when he passed, like you know, that's me, I've had my time. Mm. And you know, he was just saying goodbye to himself. She said it was her words were it was a private moment, she disturbed. Um, and she said it was it was a, a feeling, not nothing scary, but just a complete tranquility is what she described it as.
0: What's what's the strangest story you've heard?
1: Um, that's easy. <laughs> <laughs> so right, so we do the ghost walks. There's me and my, my collaborators, uh, Kerry. Kerry's the the you know the, the woman that does the ghost walks for me. Yeah. And Kerry's got a great story, and I Kerry told it at that thing in Glasgow. She did. She she told you it. So basically, when she was young, she lives in an area called Gilbertston, which has got um, a big manor house where they had sort of like all kinds of spooky encounters as kids. It was an old farm, so they saw things in the the sort of bits of the farm where they kept the animals and stuff. Um, but the strangest thing of all was her and her pal were playing in the fields. On the way to what's called New Hills House, New Hills Estate. Now, New Hills yeah. is very haunted. It had the um a family had it for many, many years called the Dalrymples. Now the Dalrymples have a connection to a, a playing cards a coat of arms called the Curse of Scotland, mm-hmm. which is to do with uh you know a, a tragic event in history. Um but it's got a lot of history about the Dalrymple family. So anyway, back to Kerry, she describes as what she saw that day where Pal can best be described as a troll. There was a wee two-foot figure, looked like its neck was connected to its body like by like clothes, and it was a rusty brown color, and just looked at them for a while before it ran away into the grounds of the New Hills estate. And she tells a story with such conviction. You know, she says, you can call me a liar if you will, but I swear blind, this happened, this strange wee character that we saw there. So um the son, after we did the thing in Glasgow, the Scottish son asked us if they could run the story. It was Aaron Halliday got in touch. Yeah. And we says, yes, yeah, certainly. So we did the story with him. Uh, and it was, you know, a big connection to them about Norway, about, you know, the... You know, during war, World War II, Norway were allies with Edinburgh, they set sail their trawler boats and they came here to join in the war effort and do minesweeping. Um, What comes from Norway? The legendary trolls. So the sun so says, we're not doing your story. It's far too weird. So, uh, you know, <laughs> I've got it instead. But, but we thought that's such a weird story. We've been trying to find any connection with the folklore of the trolls in Norway and, and stuff like that. But they, they, that was certainly the weirdest, Kerry's troll story. Yeah,
0: Ron Halliday had a story as well. I'm sure he really had a story um, back in the day. And it was the same type of thing. Mm. Um, where... I'm sure he, he said at the time, that I might be um, quoting wrong, you know what I mean, but it was, I'm sure he said that it was an engineer, an engineer was out, um, that was the guy's occupation, I mean it was the right. at the time, but he was out walking his dog, and he said he seen someone running towards him, and he thought it was, either another animal or something like that, but when he got close to him, it was like a, a troll-like figure. Hmm. and it had, it had like any leathery face or whatever kind of leathery type face and it just looked at them and then it ran away that's um, really
1: interesting
0: mad i mean that i mean things like that um i, I mean I, I find it really interesting because they've just that off the wall hmm. people they see things you know what i mean it's like um there's a story i'll tell you at the end Stick it in the podcast like my, like my listeners have probably heard it like multiple times. So I'll tell you it's like my kind of family story, it links in a wee bit of that. Um but um I find things like that interesting. There was one as well where a guy related, my listeners have probably had this one as well, he was he was driving his car. This is quite recent. Mm-hmm. Quite recent. He was driving his car, um place called Blackford on the way to Perth. Mm-hmm. Um and um, that neck of the woods, and basically, it was like one of the kind of side roads, and it was quite. It, it, was it windy? I mean, say it was it was a wind, right? But it was like um, you could you could see that the like, leaves in that bone and stuff like that. He seen this thing coming towards his car, and they thought it was a bag or something like that, like blowing towards his car. But he actually, I think he said first I just trying to remember the story, right? But it, I think 1st it he'd seen like a, it was like a, an eagle or a hawk or something like that flying it, and it was going towards this blown bag, right, or whatever it was, and when it got closer, uh, and this is quite recent, I mean, you're maybe talking probably in the last, I don't know, maybe five to ten years, or if not, earlier than that, it's, it's not like gone back years and years ago, so he said he was driving it, and when the, when the thing came to his car, he said it, was, it looked like, um, for one, we way he described it, he said, if you, you had a maple leaf? A maple leaf, a large maple leaf, maybe about, about a foot, maybe a foot and a half, somewhat like wide, any kind of diameter type thing. And they say, but the thing had hands inside it mm-hmm. and it was like white. Mm. And they say, the way they described it, they said, like, if you can remember, the Gardens of Galaxy thing with the thing called Groot, because it's like, mm-hmm. it's quite flat, it comes up, then it's heads, it goes, like, look like that. Yeah. Apart from it, it was like a kind of pinkish, whitish colour. um. And it seemed to change colour a bit. And he said he could see it. He goes, when it came across his windshield, kind of like, it, he kind of, like, he can of braced himself through and it was going to hit his car, but it just kind of swept over it with the wind. And he said he could see, like, muscles in this thing, body and all that. Wow, and that's then, And, but that's like, it, it was like almost, as you could see the surprise in its face, he won, it was getting chased by this bird as almost like he could see it. And it just hit his car as well. And he said there was somebody else who'd slowed down, because they thought they'd seen it as well on the other side of the road. Um mad story. I mean, but you get stories like really? that, you get stories like that like peppered about the place. Mm. Um I found that kind of interesting. It was like that. it was a kind of strange story, but he he um he said he could relay the story, but it wasn't the way to come on and tell the story, you know. What I mean right. it's just obviously like people you know what it's like, people just they they were a bit of kind of um rock to come forward because especially like that.
1: Yeah.
0: Um because people just think you are nuts and stuff like that. You know what I mean? But I mean, it's like oh, the,
1: really good. guy with scruples.
0: You know what I mean? And he was like telling the story. He just was like, "Yeah, it's, it's definitely happened." I mean, it's like um, in the car. My wife was like sleeping in the car, and I would seen all this this thing. He was. I could see detail in this thing when it over the windshield of the car. Mm. Uh, totally bonkers.
1: That's brilliant. Yeah. I've
0: never heard that one. Is it in a book or is anyone? Oh, it, it, it contacted show? me. I've got it. I recorded it and stuff like that, and uh, I've relayed it in a podcast. But I didn't do it live, obviously, because the the guy didn't want. He's um he, he didn't want to basically come on and see that. Can he, he yeah. watch he was in the like business as well? So, um, some people are like that, but it can only their stories. Some people are a going, cracker. It was really just in Jobs and stuff like that. Yeah, there was um
1: a, there was another similar one that there was a a lady interviewed. Was a barber and she gave me an incredible, sort of brilliant story about two stories, as a matter of fact. And when it came, it she said, "I can't go through with it to record it." You know, she says, "You know, I don't even mind you telling it," but uh, I said, "Oh, you've got to come on and we'll record this." But she just say "Oh no, I can't bring myself to do it." And it was such a shame because it was you know what I've forgotten one of them. I'd have to speak to it again to, but one of them was about um, a, a pub in Edinburgh, a famous pub, and on the same time each year, there's a character with a cloak can be seen walking through the pub, and she claims to have seen it, but uh, I'd love to hear more about that one, but she says, nah, it's, you know, too close to home. It's strange, that.
0: It is, It's mad. people see these things, and it, sometimes it's like, it's just, they just catch you off guard. Mm. And it's like at the the moment where you're maybe at least expecting whatever else, and I spoke about this in the last, or one of the last podcasts, where People see things, and you'll have an argument with, and a, a slight, tiny argument in your own brain, like half of your brain will be like, I've seen that, and half will be like, that's ah, just a trick of the light, or it's just this, just that, and you go about your daily business. Yeah. But when you sometimes actually go through all these different things, and you 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 kind of turn and say, like, ah, that happened, and that was quite odd, or yeah. and there's some things that just come out, and they are, like, mm. there's no mistaken that they, they happened, or they're, like, <clears throat> extremely strange. Or some, some, you know what I mean?
1: We had a couple yeah. of strange ones. I mean, um, I mean, there's, there's the, the. I mean, I've been quite sceptical all my life until an incident in 2014 um, that changed it all f- forever. But there was one time. It's a shame Kerry couldn't come today. She was going to come, but she's busy, or she couldn't get something to watch her dog, or something. But we were filming. We did did all these YouTube videos, um, yeah. and you know, Kerry's appeared in a few of them. We were filming, there was one called Wines, Ales and Restless Spirits. And it's all about the, the pubs, haunted pubs of Edinburgh. And one of them we went to was, it's the oldest pub ever. It's called the Sheep's Heed down in Duddingston. It's older than America, this pub. And um, we were in there. Older and, than America. Oh, well, it is. It's, it's legendary. Yeah. And uh, it's right in the shadow of Arthur's seat. And I was in buying you know buying six pound pints off them trying to get an answer for filming and they're saying oh i don't know if we should allow you I say, oh come on and eventually we were doing our filming outside and, uh, you know, the the Kirk, Duddenston Kirk. And we says, we'll go into there and see if they'll let us film. Now, that's got two incredible ghost stories, The Sheep's Head. It's got the story of the major that's seen at the bar. And uh, the best way to describe him is he looks like Paul Broon at the Broons, this guy, maybe yeah. a previous owner. But the other one is there's a wee skittle alley. And it's, again, 100-odd-year-old. And when they were renovating it, there was the spirit of a wee girl started appearing. So we went in this day and they said, do what you want. We're too busy to care. So he's brilliant. You know, we can film all we want. And the first thing that happened was we we're sitting down and we were reviewing the film, the footage we'd done already. And I sat next to Kerry to shore. And what resembled my hooded top on this chair where I'd been sitting stood up by itself. And I thought, what did I just see there? And the hooded top hadn't moved. It was like something had stood up from the seat I was in. So as Kerry recalls, says, I swore very loudly and offended the family that were sitting next to us. But when we went into the bowling alley and Kerry were filming it, it's in the episode, uh, Kerry's walking around and there was four lights at the bottom of the bowling alley and one of them was out. And she started asking it questions, and the light replied to her nine times, and that really unnerved me. She wasn't either up nor down. She's you know, doing this stuff all the time, but it was she was asking about the refurbishment. She was asking about, are you okay with us being here today? And every time it answered, and we thought, could this be the staff mucking about with us? We thought it's the busiest time of the day, they run off their feet, and how can you make one light blink that's out? So it was that was very odd, you know.
0: The, the people in the pub experience a lot of stuff as well.
1: Oh, yeah, it's famous for it, it's very and, uh, documented about is, the weed girl. And is that next to the
0: Royal Mail? Is it, is it no far?
1: No, sure? no. This one's like if you go through, um, the like the Arthur Seat and yeah. you go through, you know, Holyrood Park, you come to the opposite side and there's Duddingston Village, it's a tiny ancient village, right. and that's where the pub is, the sheep it goes back to 1200s or something, it's very old. Yeah. And that's where there has been two ghostly ghosts. Can roasted, make, roasted, give me a round yeah,
0: for that? Yeah, sure. What is it? Oh, it's 20, uh, 20. Oh. Sorry about that. It's okay. My okay. no, no wife oh, yeah. wife's looking for the present that I've stashed so I, uh, there was like there was like get that rattle at the door. <laughs> What's going on? Just try to open
1: slowly. almost. <laughs> no That's I'll
0: tell you what. I'll tell you a funny thing that other night There I was like, um, I'm in, So I've got like a a couple of keys for it, and uh, it's basically like a, a double a double kind of set of French doors on the end of the garage. And I've insulated the garage and all that kind of stuff. So it's quite cosy in that. And um I was in there the night there. And um, it was that windy. I've got a key with a lantern on it. And mm-hmm. the key had wrapped itself in the door. I couldn't get it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, no. Oh, that's brilliant. Like a I locked in here. I was like, oh, uh, managed
0: to get it. But I eventually got it. You know what I mean? Uh, so, Aye, so sorry, so I cut you off there. What were you saying there?
1: Oh, yeah, the, the ship's heed story. So, yeah, it's, it's famous. I mean, there are two very famous documented stories um, about the, the major, the previous owner, that looks like Paul at Brune, the Brunes, and the wee girl in the the bowling alley. And we got it both barrels that day. I mean, it was incredible. And the fact that we had witnesses, I mean, it was Kerry and myself Aye. both witnessed this. So that's Aye. a good one we tell in the Ghost Walk. The Aye. Aye.
0: Aye. So that's, I mean... It, it, so I take it you just, uh, when you set them up, it's like you'll just do a, kind of, a set area and have it there, and you travel far when Can you do the kind of walk or whatever?
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the Portobello one, you know, it's, it's it's Edinburgh seaside, so it's down by the, the water, the, the the fourth. So we do, we walk the back streets, and there's, there's like maybe 12 stories on it, all from the area. We call it Portobello and its Haunted Neighbours, because some of the stories are out with, you know, like the Duddingston one with the the, the Sheepseed pub. We've got the one about um, the New Hales estate, the one about Prestonfield House. So there are things just down the road, but the bulk of the stories all happen where we tell them. There's a story about a... Uh, An incident from the 70s, late 70s, happened to a girl and her sister. It's Mm -hmm. called, you know, the thing that went bump in the night because it said bump in her ear. We tell it at the exact address where it happened. There's a story, the one where people keep getting dead arms. That's at the back of what used to be a garage. It's now a high end hi fi store. And it's got a, you know, the story of a a woman that was crushed to death. Uh, We've got the, the famous story of the, it's by no means a ghost story, but it's a, a story, a kind of tragedy of uh, Jane Anderson, who was a Portobello resident. Um, there's other ones. There's a haunted arcade. And, you know, we, we tell them so, exactly where they occur, which it certainly adds to it. You know, it's good. Um, well, what was
0: what was the story with the trapdoor in the house? What was that one again? There's tra- a trapdoor trap in the house that went down to the, the waterfront or something like that. They found um, like, a trapdoor in the house.
1: Oh, that one, yeah, that's in the, the Trinity Wardy Bay walk. Um there was a family called fin, the Finlessons that lived in this house. It's called um uh Zoe e Cottage. It's called um is it Woodbine Cottage or something? I can't remember. But anyway, it's a lovely little house. And the, the Mrs. Finlayson lived there, her husband was away at war. And she discovered, and they were there 10 years, she found a trapdoor in the property, and when she lifted it, she started hearing all kinds of weird things. It was a tunnel that went down to the front that would have been used by smugglers, they reckon. And somewhere down the list was in you know the 40s, it's been filled in now. So it goes halfway down. But they were hearing screams and all kinds of, you know, kind of spooky things that caused her to move out. But I think she was there for 10 years, the family. But that was when they moved this trap door, all these strange things occurred. But there, just along the road from that one is a very famous story called the trinity poltergeist that happened in the a long time ago and it was a man called captain molesworth that stayed there with his two daughters and there was all kinds of supernatural goings on with that um but that's a, a very old documented story it was written by um, elliot o'donnell in one of his books you know a long time ago and mm-hmm. Catherine ann Crow wrote about it. So, you know, that's right next to where this Woodbine Cottage incident happened.
0: Then he found what what an interesting thing to find in your house? A trap door that goes down at the shorefront.
1: Well, well, I've got a good one for you. So when I was researching this um, thing about the haunted pubs, I was telling Ron Halliday this one, because he covered it in one of his books. And it was a place, a very old pub, uh, in the Oxgangs area called the Hunter's Trist, and the Hunters Trist, it was an old hunting lodge, it was used by uh, a group of guys and they called themselves the Six Foot Club or something, and it was people like Robert Louis Stevenson was a member, there was Sir um, Walter, Walter Scott, there was other people all members of this group and that's where they all met at this mm-hmm. pub, the Hunters Trist. And it reopened in the 60s as a pub, it was used as a, a farm for, uh, like for livestock for many years so Ron's written about some of the spooky events in, in one of his books for 96. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember the name, it's a great book. So anyway, I interviewed the, the current manager, his name is Rab, and um, he was telling me he corroborated some of the spooky stories and he'd never read Ron's book. But the best one of all was there was a guy in visiting with his wife having their dinner one night, and he says, Oh, I said, I worked here years ago. It's a great pub. He says, I had many fond memories here. And he says, It was one of these great places back in the day where you got the accommodation with a job. And he was going, Oh, that's fascinating. He says, Where did you stay? He says, I stayed in the wee house. And he says, What wee house? He says, The one at the back. He says, oh, There's the wee house here. He says, I'll show you, son. He says, All right. So he took him through the back, uh, the bit where they keep all the, the kegs of beer and that. And he says, Oh, it's been remodeled. It's up there. And he says, What is? and there used to be a set of steps and there was a hatch and um, he went up on a ladder, he opened the hatch and there was a whole house above the place, just knew above. It was there. I never knew it was there. And there was a calendar on the wall for 19, 1980 or 90 something. Oh. And it was still there. And it was a whole house just left above the pub. And that was eerie, you know, it was really quite a creepy feeling. And we filmed in it, you know, we went up to let like, me filming it and stuff. But that was a great story.
0: I do think of that, like, see when you're in, like, when you're in Glasgow and Edinburgh and you you look at um, the buildings being built on top of each other and and just all closely together and there's been old buildings that have been defunct and then they've built new ones. There must be so much, like, just devoid properties that people forgot about. Oh, yeah. Just here and there and everywhere. I mean, I I think that all the time when I'm in the city. Yeah. I'm always looking about the architecture and stuff like that. I'm always thinking about... I don't know if anybody
1: knows there's anybody in there or <laughs> I know, especially when you see really like you know, quite fancy buildings but really dilapidated windows, and you yeah. think what's behind there, you know, right. has somebody been in there for god knows how long. There was another story, this was a, a tragic story, and it was um when the one about the guy with the you know the alleyway next to the, the cinema where the yeah. they heard the commotion, there was a house directly across from it on the first floor, and there was a, a a lady found in her armchair there, and she'd been dead for five years sitting in the armchair. Like, how can that go undiscovered for all that time? And it's a, a true story. It's completely you know documented about the tragedy or going unnoticed for all that time. You know,
0: it still happened to this day and age. You know what I mean with society and stuff.
1: Yeah,
0: I mean that. I I mean it's it's it's, 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 it's so interesting. Not I mean it would just. Uh, the, the difference in amalgamation of different stories, the different time, eras and all that kind of stuff, and Edinburgh being a, a place that's been there for that long, obviously, you know what I mean? you got got yeah. different souls passing through there and, and whatever else, you know what I mean? It's it's, it's mad. I mean, it really it's, is.
1: I mean, um, there was uh, the, the one in 2014 that got me rattled, was, um, it was a, a place that's been documented, it was a book, I actually, I got recently, it was from 2007, and the location was written about it in there for, for a different spooky story. Um it was the chap, um is it was Alan Mundy? I can't I can't remember his name. He's the guy for the Ghost Club. He now lives in Edinburgh. He goes to the Fortian Society. And he um he documented this place. So in 2014, my friend um he was a security guard and he says. I had an interesting weekend there, he says. You're into spooky stuff. He says, I got a bit of overtime. And I was looking after this building they're trying to sell called Craig Crook Castle. It's in the sort of Blackhall area of Edinburgh. And at the time, it was up for six million quid. And the actor, Gerard Butler, was going to buy it. Mm-hmm. And then he didn't. But Peter was in there. And he was... Uh, you know kind he just all he had to do was every hour go round the building and do a check and you yep. know, it was really boring sitting in the wee office with your cup of tea and he did he went round first check came round sat down shut the drawer you know watched his laptop whatever went round done another walk came in you know shut the drawer and six times before he realized what's opening the drawer, he says, There's nobody here. <laughs> and he's there. He says, You'll have to see this place if I get the keys again. And we did. So the next time I went and we went round, and it was nighttime, and it was great seeing this big castle in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing spooky happened. And, you know, we came another time took some pictures and he says, right, last time I've got the keys to this place before we're giving it up. He says, do you want a look? And it was two in the morning. I was on a night shift and we went in and did the, he says, we'll do the walk around. Or do you want a cup of tea first or that? He says, we'll do the walk round. So we went to the first floor. It was all good. Now inside there was no power here. It was just with torches. And we got to the second floor. And the first thing that happened was a door opened by itself. And I thought that could be anything, It could be like a floorboard or something. So the next thing that happened was halfway along, there was a big brass doorknob fell at my foot, just fell right in front of me. And at that point, the door behind my pal went whoosh and swung open by itself. And there was a big scent of like flowers coming down the hall. And at that point, we ran for our lives. <laughs> he said, I'm not doing the rest of the shift. I'm coming with you. <laughs> so...
0: You froze. You there? You there? I think you froze, John. You there? You hear me? Quickly message you. Excuse a minute.
1: Yeah, but I must have lost my internet connection. Aye,
0: that's you there now. Sorry, I I'm just, I'm like, just sending a text. That's it. I'm back in, yeah, yeah. back, in the room. Room. back yeah. in the
1: room, back in the. So, uh, so back to this story. So, um, it was owned one time by a, a judge called Francis Jeffrey, mm-hmm. and there was, you know, stuff documented in this book from the 80s when it was used as an office, with paper clips being thrown at people and stuff, and, you know, Francis Jeffrey being seen at the window and stuff. So it held some precedence that the building was haunted. Yeah. And what we saw, you know, between the two of us was absolutely terrifying. I've never seen anything quite like it, with the doors opening by themselves and stuff. But that was my real ghost story, you know, that one.
0: Right. I had the scene, I was, I was talking to the guys at the um, the tours in Barrickburg House, um, another week there, and mm-hmm. we were saying the same with the doors and stuff like that, and he uh, said one night was, he was he was kind of, he was going to, uh, I think he was just closing up and stuff like that after everybody had left, yeah. and there was a, I can't tell it right, but there was a door, it was a jar or something, he was going to he said, so I've got them closing, but whatever else, and it ended up, it swung, it swung, came right round, and, and yeah. banged into the wall, and the actual handle stuck into the wall, Really? it was that forceful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, some of the I mean there's like kind of loads of kind of stories in there as well. But oh,
1: that sounds
0: um, great, Panic Burn House. Burn house just outside like Stirling. Um of right. Burnt, obviously I but the the day ghost tours and stuff, so I was kinda they invited me up to get a kind of wander around. Right. Uh, and um they kind of hear kind of ghostly ones down and steps and noise. Interesting thing was where, And um I kinda went round and I was recording. I've started kind of actually edit some of the stuff, but I was recording and um one of the rooms, one of the rooms where um they hear constant walking is if like somebody's, mm-hmm. somebody's stepping along the, the, walking along the floorboards, they said, like, with boots on or something like you can hear them. When you're in this kind of downstairs room, you can hear them, And said, like you can hear them actually coming and then walking down the steps. Mm-hmm. They like said, the steps are like, there's no, it's not like floorboards or anything like that, they're actually like stone steps. Mm-hmm. You can hear them walking down and then it kind of stops and there's never anybody there. Mm. Uh, this big, massive kind of house, they're the only people that's in it. But the interesting thing was, I mean, um, when I get in that room, I kind of say, it, and I'm no, I mean, I'm, I'm quite, um, I'm not a sceptic, but at the same time, I'm a, a sceptical believer. I mean, I'm not going to believe anything. Um, I'm open-minded, you know what I mean? But at the same time, the thing, I don't no believe anything, you know what I mean? Um run a paranormal podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, but I do, I mean, I do, I kind of, I'll take a, I kind of open mind to a lot of stuff, you know what I mean? Um, believe a lot of things. But, um, so, the interesting thing was that in this room, I asked them, I asked them what people felt in that room, um, and they said, I don't know much, I mean, they kind of, they, um, they just came to, um, come in and see the room, blah, 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 but the most kind of thing you hear it underneath it, and mm-hmm. I, when I entered the room, and I'm, I've not been in a lot of ghost stores or anything like that, and it was mm. just the feeling of being there. Whatever, I didn't really get scared of anything that much. Um, and I was in that room and I felt a right pressure on my head, mm. right? And I get this thing with the, the Wi-Fi and all that kind of stuff, and oh, the right. where it, it gives me a sore head now and again. Yeah. So, and it's it's called a literal sensitivity. So I just manage it, right? And it's it's actually all right. It's that I can a hard line if I'm in my house, I don't use mobiles that much, I use them like scaling really? for work and stuff like that and yeah. I just limit it, so it's fine does they cause me issues, but if I'm highly exposed to EMF or EMR,
1: mm.
0: I can I feel it, so if I sat all day on a mobile phone and I was in Wi-Fi, I'd come home and I'd feel my wife's phone and I'd feel like yeah. things a bit more stronger, it was kind of like that sensation, right, mm. the funny thing was, I never had it before, I was in that room, in that room, and I had this kind of funny sensation It's almost like that same type of feeling. Hmm. Although it was a bit different, it was like, it was more like a pressure on my head. And um, and I kind of thought, maybe it's just somebody's phone, maybe it's like a mask outside this place. But, but, but as soon as I left that room, it went away. It was only in that one room. I felt that's, like that. And else. Say, I said to him, and, and, and I actually said to him at the end, I said, the reason I asked you that is because that was the only room I had some type of feeling in. Hmm. The feeling was just this, it was just like a bit of a kind of funny head and then pressure, it felt like pressure on it and then a few months prior they had a, a, a trap cam set up in the corner mm-hmm. um, and they recorded like 30 seconds, it was like set for like a kind of 30 second interval in that mm-hmm. same room so they had it sitting in the corner because that was the room where they had walking all the time. Yeah, Somebody walking across the room and um, so it was one of the kind of nicest rooms in the kind of house. It so it's not kind of still, it's, it's, not, it's kind of derelict, half derelict. You know I mean, but it's just like kind of all unpainted, all plastic walls and stuff like that. But nice corners, work up and stuff like that. But it's just floorboards and stuff. You see, you can hear people or somebody walking across the floor, mm. as if they're walking back and forth with a stick and oh, things like that, oh, or then coming down the stairs. And there's nearly upstairs, and kind the of, mm. place is totally empty. You'd hear somebody if there was somebody walking about. And you'd hear them, it was, But it's just that one room. That was the only room I heard that and I felt that that way. And and they said they'd set a trap come up in there and there was a a kind of I think there's a there was a mannequin or something like that with a dress on it and had a trap come underneath that kind of point in the middle of the room. And so it kind of put in the picture, you've got a kind of large kind of square bedroom, quite big. Yeah. we have got a window on the wall, kind of facing I'd probably say it was maybe facing east or maybe south. Yeah. Right. And then you've got another window in this back wall here, right, which would have been potentially been um, on the kind of quarter rate, right, so you could see the light coming through, it's on the trap cam, right, so it's, it's triggered obviously by a motion sensor or something yeah. like that, it's maybe like a, you you call, infrared or something like that. Yeah. the beam's broken or whatever, so i set it off, and it records for 30 seconds, and you see, um, so you can see, I'm trying to analyse what causes this, right? But what you actually see in the video first is you see a, a long shadow getting cast across, right. the middle the, across the middle of the room.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? Diagonally across the middle of the room. And then it starts to recede. And then someone comes up there, and it looks like there's something walking and then it disappears. Oh, wow. And it's like, so I, I'm, they were the same. Obviously, they want to try and find out what it was. If they could be it and stuff like that. But when you look at, it's a funny one because when you look at where the sun's cast, it's like upstairs room. And when the sun was casting in. Even if it was something at the window, it cast that that shadow.
1: Mm.
0: It wouldn't have cast at that angle. If no, the angle of the sun was casting in that way, and you could see the short line angle on like a door facing. It was in mm-hmm. another room, so you could tell the sun was coming from that way. And this was casting it that way. But it was the way it recedes back, mm. and it's like it came the sun comes out of that, right? And moves. It's, it's mad. It's, it's actually it's oh, yeah. It's a it's a really really. Um, it's a really good, a good um video. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. It's to send, is it? I mean, it's only thirty seconds long. You know what I mean. But
1: I'll but, send you a good one after this. Mm-hmm. One that I, I can't publish mm-hmm. because it's the location of where it was. But <clears throat> I'll send it to you. This is a belter. Wait till you see this
0: one. I've got one as well. send you, but it's, I mean, it's I've didn't, I didn't publish it but I've shared a wee bit of it before. But it's because um it's I'm not permission to share it, whatever. It so it's mm-hmm. mainly I do not want to. Somebody kind of seen about, it. but this was an interesting one. It was at, um, it was at Markinch, um, Markinch. There's a hotel up there, a Mark a Markinch Hotel or something. Like that. It's like a big old kind stately home type thing. Um, and there was um, three girls at a wedding, and my mate had sent me. it, He basically sent me it and said because he knew I was interested in all this kind of stuff, and he said, "Wait, till you see this." And he showed me, and he showed me the chat they were having as well. And um, so three girls are wedding against, basically just getting a picture, and they're all kind of tightly in together, kind of cuddling like mm-hmm. that. So one's one's here, one's there. Do you see the picture, right? So and then there's another one there, and it, when I looked at it the start off, I couldn't see her, right? And it looks like somebody squeezed in, in and and their their chins over the lassie's shoulder. Oh, right. Just see them from there, right? Yeah. It's a right thin gaunt face. They're all smiling. The first time I seen it, I kind of thought oh, that's just an overexposure, mm. but when you actually zoom in and look at it, it's a it's different facial structure, mm. different teeth, it's yeah. grimacing, it's like and it's even got that, I keep forgetting the name of it, that part of your, your lip there that like, goes up, right. it's oh, a like strange it. picture, like and actually when you, I mean it's it's one of the best pictures I've seen, I'm not shared sure it for the fact, oh. it's like you can share them, but mm. people just like, yeah I know the context of the picture and stuff, right, but, yeah. You can share them, but people will just easily poo-poo it and say, oh, it's just yeah. this, or that's just that, you know what I mean? Because they didn't know the context there or the background mm-hmm. of the picture. But, I mean, when you actually tone the light during that and you look at that, I mean, you can see this plain as day. It's even got a shadow line on it. Really? It's not just like a, a, a see-through apparition or anything like It looks like a thing. That's it's a really? weird thing. It's a weird thing. It's not like, I mean, it's... It looks like a person, right? But a right, right, thin, gone person or something else. Mm. That's thing's weird looking, I mean, but it's, uh, it's a strange one. But I mean interesting thing was like my my friend did his a, a podcast with us now and again, he was Tees Fay Markins and he was talking mm. about how strange it was and there's like um different there's like there's a stone circle there as okay. well. Right next to the hotel. There's a stone circle. Right. Um, and he was saying about the place is a bit strange and there's a lot of kind of stories fit and stuff like that. And it was interesting. It was only like a few weeks later I got sent in a picture.
1: Mm.
0: Right. Synchronicity to that. And a few weeks after that, I got invited to a wedding at the place. I never oh. before my wife. And it was an overnight one. It was an overnight oh, one. Never seen nothing. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Too much alcohol. Never seen <laughs> nothing. But, uh, <laughs> I was there. It was just funny how it all happened. It was really yeah, yeah. because because uh, I went for a walk the next morning to have a key one to try and find the, kind of, the stone circle. I never get it that day, but I, I looked in a Google map to find it. I just missed it. It was actually kind of further up. But, It'd be interesting to see what stories were there because uh, that place was supposed to be haunted. Mm. And the cameraman said to the, the girls at the time, like who was that in mm. the picture? And they were saying, No, oh, there was nobody there. And they were like they were right at this bank of trees at the back of it, was like right, right tight foot trees. Mm-hmm. And you see this person wouldn't have couldn't have been there before they known. Yeah. Um that's that's that's, a, that's an odd one. Like
1: Brilliant. I uh, yeah, we, we had a spooky one this year talking of castles and things. So um, my, my partner Joss, is a she's a folk singer. And we were up doing some folk event near Aberdeen sort of way. And we were coming back, we went to a few wonderful castles, we went to Dunottar, um cast went to and and we went to Huntley, which is up sort of that way. And she was saying, oh Huntley Castle, there's nothing really there, you know, we'll go go in there. And it's a ruin. So we went in and um you know, it was nobody there. There was like one visitor, and they went away. And they had the place themselves. And I say, just as a folk singer, she, she started. We were reading a wee bit about the history of the the people that lived there. They were persecuted for being Catholics. Um, they were beheaded because they wouldn't give give up the religion. And she's singing away on the first floor. She went on for about ten minutes. I just let her sing away to herself because the her dynamics in the castle were incredible. Yeah. It was a lovely sunny day. She's singing away. And in the end, she sang something in Latin. And at the very end of it, she said something like you know, if you're anybody there, I hope you didn't mind. I hope you liked the singing. And there was an almighty, like a clap from above. There was nothing there at all. There's no roof on this castle. And it was like a definite clap. Mm-hmm. And we thought, what's that all about? You know, it was great. And, it, you know, Joss, is, she's never encountered anything really like that, but she's never forgotten this one.
0: That's bad. That is mad. So where was Abbas Huntley. Huntley? Huntley, yeah,
1: up sort of Aberdeenshire, sort of yeah, way. It was great. Yeah. It was really good, you know. Right.
0: I mean, minute, that's, I mean there's, there's, there's so much out there. I mean, there's, there's, there's so many different stories. I mean, and, and there's, there's there's definitely something there. You know, I mean, so if you came, if you came from a non-believer to a believer now,
1: um, it was one of those things that I, I was never I was never looking for, you know, things like that. But after the 2014 incident, definitely, because you know, I had a witness and just couldn't explain it, you know, yeah. the, the version of events. So now I'd say that, you know, it's it's not like everything.
0: One moment. No, I don't know, know what you mean. You know, it's
1: like, you know, nothing um has directly jumped out at you, but some things you just think, I can't ex- possibly explain how that could happen. Oh. Um, um it's certainly with the, the Craig Castle thing. And the more you find about, you know, finding that book recently, and there was, you know, recorded events from the building, you know, that I didn't know a thing about before that, was even more fascinating, you know.
0: I mean, I, I find it interesting as well, when you, uh, the stories you've been told, you kind of look into it, and not just take the story and face value, but look at the, mm. I mean, not just take it on face value, but looking at other kind of links behind it. You know, yes. I Mean to do that and tie and, try and tie up like a linkage to it or a synchronicity to it and, and things like that as well. That's quite interesting. Finding That's that. fascinating. Totally. So, in regards to um, if people want to go on like a or ghost tour or find any of your books and that, so where can people kind of find your 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 basically your literature basically you put yeah. and obviously your your um your tours and stuff.
1: The best way is on social media. Uh, We've got our our website, North Edinburgh Nightmares, at wordpress.com. We've also got, you know, the Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Um, It's always the up-to-date information on there. Um, It's a link tree. It's got the whole thing in one. It takes you to the link to buy the books there's three books in total there's North Edinburgh Nightmares Beyond North Edinburgh Nightmares and my recent one The Haunted Realms of Surrey and Hampshire which is, is interesting too but they're all there if you do a search for either North Edinburgh Nightmares or John Tantalan and it'll take you to that
0: I'll put them all in the, the show notes as well folks so if you're interested and want to see some uh, of John uh, John's material just basically click into the show notes and you'll get it from there John you've been a great guest tonight and oh, yeah. uh, thank you for uh, taking the time to come on and then yeah. hopefully catch up again soon, maybe you can come to tour. Definitely, yeah, that'd be great. Brilliant.
1: Well Thank you very much. Thanks very much.